Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for listening. We have a pop talk episode for you today with brother of the show and dear friend of the show, good friend of girlfriend of the show. She's a good friend of mine as well. Evan on the podcast. Hope you enjoy us nerding out about some topics. And uh, we do talk about some comedy-related stuff. It's not just CW superhero stuff in this episode. Well, why don't we just get right to it? Here is my chat with Trey and Evan. Well, we are joined once again by brother of the show for a pop talk. We're going to talk all that pop, but we are also joined by Evan Harris, a good friend uh, from back home who uh, was sort of in an episode before, but you haven't been featured. Uh, (laughs) So uh, welcome to the show, Evan. Thanks. Yeah, I was, uh, if listeners remember, I had one line in early September 2018. Uh, All you, there it is, fans can go back and find it. It was was a great line. (laughs) It's memorable. It was then? It wasn't um, like even uh, later than that? It may have been later. I was just or farther like guessing. back than that? Like 2016, but who it was, wants to it remember? It was because of a festival. We were all at a festival, a festival. together. Yeah. Yes. Um, so <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you're a longtime listener um, and, uh, and supporter of the podcast, and it's uh, great to officially have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we're going to talk a few topics today. We're going to start with the Emmys and later talk about the Ellen controversy and also Supergirl. But first, as I mentioned, we're going to talk the Emmys. Last week, Schitt's Creek did a full sweep at the Emmys. Uh, and Trey, we did a really great job picking wins there with Rob when we were on that previous Pop Talk episode. Schitt's Creek, deserving show of all the awards it got. But it shut out The Good Place, which never won any. It prompted TV Line to write a piece, I believe it prompted them to write a piece about great shows that haven't won Emmys like The Good Place or The Wire, Parks and Rec, Good Times, Party Down, Oz, and Star Trek. If you can believe it. So what shows do you think most deserved an Emmy for something and never got one? Not even for directing or writing. We'll start with you, Trey. I think it's increasingly harder to answer that question because of how much content there is out there. If you look at who won, I still haven't seen Shit's Creek. And I, I meant to watch it when it was still on pop because uh, it looked, you know, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, it seemed like something I'd be interested in. And I just never caught back up on it. But it's, I watch a lot of TV now. And I still can't get to everything. Uh, so I'll stick to this year uh, rather than kind of going all the time. But, but The Good Place and, and Better Call Saul are the two that I would put up there. Um, and, you know, the good just to add to the, the ridiculousness with The Good Place, 
ridiculousness half you know tongue in cheek is you know how did Kristen Bell never even get nominated? Yeah, she was so good on that show, and and I will say when it comes to the women's categories, it's always stacked with people who deserve to get nominated. So when you hear that someone wasn't nominated, you're just like, well, I don't, I don't know who should not have been nominated. So they could be nominated. I, I went back and looked. there's one and not because of the actress, because of the show she's on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 2018, Alice and Janney was nominated for mom. So okay. Alice and Janney, world-class actress deserved every Emmy she won on the West wing. Uh, but I just don't think mom is a show on that quality to, to make Alice and Janney deserving over Kristen Bell. Okay. And this is someone who even recently won an Oscar uh, deservingly. So, you know, it's again, it's not about the actress. It's really about the show. Fair. Evan, Um, what are your thoughts? I did not like Mom as a TV show. Um, <laughs> not good. I'm surprised. I'm like learning this from you right now, Trey. Because uh, <laughs> Alice and Janney is fantastic, but that like Mom was even recognized over like The Good Place or like for me that Jane the Virgin didn't get any Emmy nods during its whole run. I'm surprised. Felt about ridiculous. That like mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it had uh, an Emmy for no, nomination for narration when it was like such an integral part of like the storytelling and it was great, but like they didn't even win that category and the show was phenomenal. The actors were outstanding. Um, But I guess anything that ends up on the CW doesn't really get nominated because it's, Mm. you know, it's for kids, teenagers. And so snub. Did my crazy ex-girlfriend ever get it? Because I thought that was kind of the prestige show. It was. Yeah. See, then that's outrageous. (laughs) Yeah. And the unfairness of it. But yeah, I mean, I, me and The Good Place, I feel like, too, is just there were some outstanding performances from the woman who plays Janet, Darcy. Yeah, Cardin. Cardin, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jamia, who plays Tahani, like all outstanding. And mm-hmm. no no nominations. I don't understand. And I like Schitt's Creek. I know it swept everything, but I came late to it. I found it on you know Netflix later. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like for me, that show doesn't really like hold the viewer episodically. Like it's something I watch just because it's like irreverent and funny. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. And again, I didn't, I haven't watched it yet, so I don't have the experience you have, Evan. But it just felt to me as though someone decided this is the shit's Creek year, as opposed to it, like when the West Wing swept stuff, they didn't even ever sweep anything. They had certain categories that they didn't win, but they won for writing and, and best drama. It, it, that felt more authentic and more deserved. Not to say that Schitt's Creek didn't deserve it, but it, it felt more like a decision as opposed to uh, we think this is the best. People love Schitt's Creek, um, but it wasn't getting the sort of oh my gosh this is going to win an emmy that like the good place was getting during the season so mm-hmm. I, that's where i was surprised but um the fact that good, good place didn't get any that night and shit mm-hmm. got all of them um mm-hmm. was was more the surprise that it got a bunch not surprised about 
<laughs> Shit's Creek is a great show, so that, like, is it deserving of all those accolades? Yes. But to Trey's earlier point, there's so much just, like, quality television shows being put out um, that the, for one TV show to sweep everything feels unusual. Yeah, that's you know, fair. Mm-hmm. Especially to win year after year after year. When that happens, uh, that can be mm-hmm. weird. I would say yeah, that's my... another comparative to like the West Wing, where there wasn't this much content. So when it yeah. won four straight Emmys and, and Thirty Rock won four straight Emmys or however many straight Emmys, that wasn't as unusual because you didn't have all the stuff mm-hmm. that exists. Yeah. yeah, and I think like. Was it Sopranos that didn't win some? And it's like, oh, well, it was because West Wing was on or vice versa or something like that. But Well, they both got a little something. James right, Gandolfini won. At least. Right, right. Yeah. My picks would be, I think it's insane that Nick Offerman was never nominated for Ron Swanson. Yeah. Uh, that makes absolutely no sense. And Steve Carell never winning for Best Actor makes no sense uh, for The Office. And uh, that the Arrow's stunt team never got nominated for stunts. That's, That's absurd. a good call. Absurd. Because Arrow was as good as anybody, if not That's best. <laughs> yeah. Know, the on. only I mean, the only the only stunts I saw that maybe were, were better was Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil did have yeah. strong ones, right? Arrow should. They had Gotham. Got Gotham nominations. got. Yeah, Gotham got nominated, and I can't even think of stunts they usually were doing. On right. Uh, yeah. Well, makes no sense. Um, <laughs> so, and they have no chance to redeem themselves with shows like with any of these shows that we're talking about because they're gone. Um, they're done. <laughs> Batwoman uses some of Arrow stunt people, so maybe maybe so they'll maybe, get maybe some they at some point. Yeah. yeah. On to the next topic. We are talking Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres, after controversy arose over the summer while she was on hiatus due to producers being accused of truly horrible behavior, the ire turned to Ellen, who has been seen as the queen of kind, but several people accused her of being not so kind, being a mean restaurant patron or not warm uh, as an employer. Uh, Some of the employees were saying, had stories about her just not saying hi and stuff like that. Ellen addressed the controversy when the show came back and pointed out that she wasn't really trying to make herself out to be perfectly kind. What's your take on her response? And we'll start with you, Evan. Yeah, well, I will say, ugh, in defense of Ellen. Uh, here's what I'll say about Ellen. It's like, uh, when you think about her career in Hollywood, and in mm-hmm. comedy in general, like, you know, she came out in the 90s and and was met with all this like vitriol, mm-hmm. which which really like kind of would alter your perspective of, of the world of like, here are these people who were championing what I was doing and now they don't like a piece of me. I, like, I think you can't always hold kindness in your heart if mm-hmm. that's the way you've been treated. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, for to hear stories of her being like rude at restaurants or just not saying hello, not a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, as far as like being the face of a show where the motto is like "be kind to one another" and you're not even checking in on your staff, mm-hmm. really falls short short as a boss. And the kind of like this, like, I didn't know. I I we're going to do better. Like the like non-apology falls short, I think for me. Hmm. Trey, hmm. what were your thoughts? Well, you want a cliche? Uh, <laughs> people are human, um, so I think that that's 
a, a big part of this. Um, and to your point, Evan, I, I do think that there, uh, well, I, I guess to, to speak to something you just mentioned, I was a manager for the basketball team at Duke and, and I was the person who had to be the bad guy when we were out at restaurants and tell people, Hey, no, no autographs or anything, but you know, someone intruding on your space is weird and is difficult to get used to even whatever fame she's gotten that, that I haven't seen uh, in, in my little circle uh, and just seeing situations where I'm walking with the basketball team and I'm wearing like all the basketball team gear and all eyes are on me. That's a fishbowl sort of thing that that's just difficult. I think for anybody to live with. Um, so some of the rudeness I think is, is normal everyday person stuff. Uh, but I agree with you, Evan, about the, the workplace situation, not checking in on the staff. And I think the EW piece that that we had shared amongst each other uh, made a really good point that as an entertainer, you're actually not trained to be a boss. You're not trained to be a leader. You're not trained with how to deal with staffs. And and so I think that's a big part of it. So I I give her the credit to be an actual kind person. It doesn't seem like something she was just crafting. Seems like something she was actually trying to attain uh, and and personify. Um, but once she put her staff together, I, I think there's a natural tendency to trust that when you delegate, that your staff is going to do things the right way. And in entertainment, I think too many people don't realize that they do have to check in and do have to make sure that the culture you want uh, is going to be put in place. And Hollywood, by its very nature, is toxic anyway in the best mm -hmm. of situations. And so if you're not checking in on people, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, and hopefully she's learned from that. Uh, and it's mm -hmm. not just words that she's saying publicly about we'll do better. Uh, but she does seem like the kind of person who means that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I These are good is. points. And I think for one thing, it reminds me, you're saying, you know, she's an entertainer. She wasn't trained to be a boss. It reminds me of a lot of these improv theaters that are shutting down, even famous ones. And it's because, hey, these were just entertainers. They're not business people. They don't know how to do this thing. And no wonder that there's been some bad business in those situations. As far as, and, and I agree with you both on like, you know, she's not going to be perfect. Um, but what I will say, uh, in terms of her apology and how she handled that, there is this weird thing that happens, and I've heard about it at other talk shows as well. The host is taking a bunch of different meetings, but they're mostly focusing on the comedy and then learning how to, like, you know, whatever the production team says, oh, you got to do this, you got to go there, you got to do that. Like, they're just following those orders, basically. But they're more hands-on with the comedy, and the it's like producers who are running the production side of things, and they're very separated from that. And that's not a justification for not checking in on your employees, but it is how that ended up happening. I don't think she's lying that she didn't know. I think she really didn't know, because she's in a different place when all that stuff is going on. Like, I have heard stories about... Um, one particular executive producer uh, I was told was a bad person and not nice to the employees and how the host has no idea because they're just in a different world. And it is like, 
you got to run a marathon every day to run these shows. So there, there needs to be checks and balances and it, it is maybe unfair to put on the host, but if they are the face of it. So to a certain degree, they do have to think about that. Did, and this is the thing that bothered me about the situation because so much of it got to be, oh, I waited on her and Portia in a restaurant and they just weren't nice. When this whole controversy started over sexual allegations, so it really bothered me that what dominated the conversation was were not these serious problems, especially post Me Too, to just ignore that now so we can talk about how imperfect Ellen is. Did people too quickly lose that serious aspect of this and go away from that and start talking about Ellen? What are your thoughts? I mean, to be fair to the people, this year has been really hard. It's like a lot of heavy things we have to deal with in the True. general sense. And it's like, uh, I just like, uh, if I have to think about another sexual harassment issue, right, my right. head will explode. Right. Um, that fair. being said, yeah, I'm not, uh, I, I understand why like pettier content is easier to consume. Mm-hmm. It's more yeah. like digestible. <laughs> And um, that's what a lot of these sites tend to peddle in more anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to but, not pay attention to the gossipy stuff, so I didn't myself realize how much. But it what about the people on Twitter? Them. I mean, the people on Twitter were trending the ridiculousness, not the seriousness. So I think par for the course. Uh, yeah, Twitter yeah. generally <laughs> trends the in the ridiculousness. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> fair. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I agree. <laughs> With you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, if you want proof of of, of the, the worst of humanity, that's where you Twitter's where you go <laughs> look. Let's hop on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do people probably need to stop putting celebs on such a pedestal? I mean, obviously, if you like someone, if you think, you know, like I like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? Like I think he is he has a lot of character, and I appreciate that about him or Jada and Will. You know, like like they're people like that where you can appreciate them. But do we need to be expectant of that from every single celebrity? And the ones that we do grow to respect, should we be expecting them to be perfect all the time? Because isn't some of the problem when you meet an Ellen, you're expecting her to be to like match your expectations of her being the nicest person in the world. And then she might just have a normal interaction with you. And then you go, oh, she's not really that nice. People do stuff like that. Is that something that just needs to also end? Probably. I'm, I might. <laughs> my, probably. I don't know. I wasn't ever like holding celebrities on a pedestal. I, but I f- do feel like she deserves to be taken to task for not knowing what is happening on her show. For sure. For sure. Like as look, I, I have no level of supervision of a show like that. I just like lead an operation at FedEx. And, like, you know, people talk. You can hear things. I Like, it. You at some point, you're kind of choosing to bury your head in the sand because you've decided that the what work you want to focus on because mm-hmm. it's important to you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you can just be someone funny who comes and performs or you can run a show. Mm-hmm. And I think like, if you choose to run a show, you have to run a show. Yeah. So... 
I mean, yeah, no- I mean, I guess I was separating that serious aspect of it and, and saying like people who are just like, she was mean at a restaurant. Like, should we, <laughs> was that, and, and probably wasn't mean, probably just right. wasn't over the top nice. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah, I do think it, you know, the pedestal, I think in general, when there's somebody that, that human beings admire, we put them on the type of pedestal where we expect, 24 7 365 perfection Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what happens is the second somebody acts human they didn't even necessarily make a mistake they didn't necessarily do anything wrong they were just human and not so over the top everything's perfect people react like well that's the worst person in the world Mm -hmm. and and that is is where you know people need to kind of get a grip yeah Yeah. fair I mean, I, I totally think agree. if Jesus was walking around, I think we would find out he was a bad tipper because he'd always be broke because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't believe in worldly possession. So I'm just saying, if you want to pick heroes, pull heroes down, you can. <laughs> yeah. No, that's weird. Final topic. I can't believe we're already here. It's that Supergirl, the CW series, is ending after this season, which will be uh, their sixth season. Season six. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, for one, Trey, did they see our emails (laughs) picking apart every episode? Was that that what happened? Possibly. No, no, were were either of you shocked about this, Trey? You you can go first. Shocked? I don't know. This is difficult in 2020 to be shocked about anything. (laughs) we we had uh, murder hornets not that long ago. So <laughs> okay, not shocked not in the word. traditional sense, but were you <laughs> surprised that the show was canceled? Because I was not expecting it. No, I'm with you. I, I was surprised. I didn't expect it. Um, you know, it's it's a, well, it's a, it, it performs well for the CW. I mean, you and I send, as you alluded to a moment ago, we send emails. That's you live in New York. I'm usually in LA when I'm not sheltering from the pandemic. So one way that we communicate about shows we watch, particularly the Arrowverse, is sending emails. And and Supergirl, there's a lot of stuff we have to say about that show. So from a creative standpoint, I get why somebody might say this is not the best show in the world. But um, it's the number seven show out of 18 on the CW. And the CW is a network that doesn't always just focus on ratings anyway, because they have other business models and people in different comments and different articles. uh, Evan, you alluded to this before we actually started recording. People were guessing that it's the ratings and, and the decline of the ratings, but almost every show on television right now is declining in ratings because viewer habits are different. And, and the Supergirl is not, alone on the CW and having double digit ratings declines. It's the, I think the worst in ratings declines, but not enough to single it out over other CW shows out of the top 10 CW shows, only all American gained in ratings. Even the flash was like down 20 something percent and flash is their number one show. Yeah. Uh, And and again, Supergirl's number seven. So I, I don't know why they've made the decision. We can make all kinds of wild speculations. 
but the fact that it's part of this super successful franchise, the the Arrowverse or CW verse, whichever you want to call it, the Arrowverse uh, is what I, I want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> they I, haven't I, changed I didn't the name see yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> better name. Yeah, oh, but I, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I mean, we can talk about creative stuff if we want to, but I, I definitely didn't see it coming. What about you, Evan? What would you, what I mean, we should definitely. I'm not. I I'm surprised in the fact that like you know the hundred keeps getting produced for like a small <laughs> cachet of episodes. Well, and I am a loyal follower of the hundred TV series. Like I'm not, not. I love it. And but and they they're clearly doing it for like I don't know ten fans. Like the show is wild. <laughs> so like in that regard, uh, to Trey's point, it's like the seventh show on the CW. So for them to like call it quits. Mm-hmm. like post coronavirus uh filming i i, I am surprised yeah I, I was i i wasn't anticipating it either yeah yeah and there's conflicting reports i feel like slightly cl- conflicting because one is saying that it's not it's not clear if the show was canceled by the network or if this was a decision by the producers. But Deadline heard that because of delays due to the pandemic and Supergirl's downward ratings trajectory, this is from Deadline's article directly, This they heard that the producers, the studio, the network, and Benoist herself came to a decision that it was better to end the show with a longer final season. And it will be 20 episodes, and they're going to start airing them in January. Um, I was surprised to hear it. I, I knew that the ratings weren't great, but it just seemed like it was one of their darlings that they would have kept running. And so I was <laughs> not an- anticipating it. Um, the three of us have uh, off air uh, in, in separate conversations uh, talked about some of the problems. I'm not that on those emails. The show. <laughs> well, I know, but you and I have talked on the phone about uh, <laughs> the, the, the series and its direction, and there were just there were creative problems that we had with the show. Yes. But what I will say is, I was kind of sad to hear that it was ending because I love Melissa Benoist as Supergirl, and that's mainly why I kept watching the show. There are other uh, solid performers on that show, but she is Supergirl to me, and mm-hmm. it it was kind of like a warm blanket. To, like, watch that show and, and have Supergirl there, you know? Like, it was nice to, to watch that show. So I, I'm I'm going to miss it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to miss the show just because, like, I think Supergirl is, like, a really great hero to kind of wrap up. Like, put the, a studio backing behind. Mm-hmm. You know, the show provided, like, a lot of hope and did, like, social commentary, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you know? Uh, but I just... I won't miss having to keep up with the episodes because I am one of those declining viewers that they're talking about. Uh, so there were some issues because I was no longer avidly watching it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that they would at least try to tackle some of those topics, but I wasn't always crazy at how they executed tackling those topics. Though I do, uh, I, I really appreciated Dreamer. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah. Uh, and and there, I mean, Jesse Rath, uh, Roth has been, he's no, it's Jesse. I've never heard it pronounced. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I just know it's R A T H. Yes. Well, so I think Rath. 
Jesse Rath is awesome on the show, and he him coming in uh, and Wynn's absence was uh, um, really like filling some shoes there because Jeremy Jordan was so great in the role. Also, another thing that we're going to miss, and we're going to be missing this anyway, Batwoman was recast, and Kate and Kara were uh, the new duo. They were the new, like, buddies on the show, and that, that was getting built up, and that was going to be gone anyway. When they recast who was going to be Batwoman as opposed to recasting who was going to be Kate, we already were going to lose that dynamic. Even if they do have the new Batwoman get chummy with Kara, that's for one year. Be short, it's going to be short lived, you know. And are they even going to be able to make that work this season with the the way the schedule is going to have to be for for producing these episodes? Are they? And even the, crossover the crossover is only two episodes. Well, they, yeah. they are. It's two up. Ep- is the uh, Superman and Lois and Batwoman are crossing over with other folks coming in? Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, I am. Curious uh, as to how all that's going to work out, and um, and I am going to miss um, I'm I'm going to miss that dynamic, and uh, I don't know how things will play out. And also, we they gave us a Justice League, and now two of those members are gone. So it's like, well, I mean, the founding members, <laughs> yeah, two of the founding <laughs> members are gone. Yeah, we'll have a new Batwoman, but where's Supergirl going to be in all this? Uh, and it was all, another question that was posed by Screen Rant, which isn't always the best. What, what? <laughs> they asked, is it, they opined that this is not a good look, that the show is canceled while Superman is starting. What are your thoughts on that? We'll start with you, Trey. To me, <laughs> that feels like looking a little hard for some controversial thing to kind of talk about and to get on the I'm on the right side of wokeness bandwagon. Mm. And I say that in part because if you just look at the CW, which is what they're referencing in terms of the not a good look, so many of their shows are female led. Right. You know, they've got uh, in, including shows that just were canceled. They've got Katie Keene, uh, which was just canceled, the 100, which Evan watches. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow is fronted by a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batwoman still going to be fronted by a woman. Star mm-hmm. Girls joining the network. Charmed. Mm-hmm. Power of Three. There are only like Drew. two dudes on. Um, I mean, I know Black Lightning is fronted by a man, but there are only going to be like two dudes on that show. Everyone else is a woman, right? <laughs> so and got a and the of... Superman sh- show isn't just Superman. It's right. Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. So ampersand Lois. Yeah. So yeah. So that is a good point. It's not like uh, CW is not being diverse. What were your thoughts, Evan? You were doing a lot of nodding while Trey was talking. No, I know. I agree. Well, because you know, Supergirl is getting six seasons, and like that's a great run for a show. Not a movie yet. We don't know. (laughs) Uh, Netflix. Think about it. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's. uh, I think it's just premature. Like we don't know what Superman and Lo and Lois Lane. The whole, whole storyline and arc for seasons will be, uh, presumably with them both in the name, it'll be weighted stories. You know, Lois Lane is her own uh, force to be reckoned with. So I'm mm-hmm. not too worried about that. And yeah, it's not like they canceled Supergirl after a season. 
like CBS, uh, and I <laughs> <laughs> didn't believe in it, or um, you Even know, they and, had monster ratings on CBS. You know, yeah. But uh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not worried. I I. I I was glad that it went to the CW just because then they made it part of that universe, but they should have made it part of that universe from the beginning, even when it was on CBS. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Hollywood thing. Uh, a friend of mine, I'm not going to name names. Do so it. purposely it's vague. J.J. Abrams. But, <laughs> but a, a friend of mine was uh, interviewing for a job at one of the conglomerates, and he was noting how these sister networks weren't working together you know because one that's perceived as better was like no we're so-and-so that they get the drips and drabs type thing and, <laughs> and he was using we both worked together at espn he, he was using our espn experience to explain how he thought it should work where you know espn and espn2 we all worked on both we we saw them both as necessities and espn classic was a big priority back then when we were there uh, so it, it wasn't like they're the get them out of here sort of thing. We're, you're in the same company. You need to make all of the assets improve. And CBS, as half owner of the CW, mm-hmm. should have viewed it that way with Supergirl. But it was the then chairman of CBS Primetime who said, no, Supergirl's her own thing. No crossing over. And and Flash only showed up that season because they had a change in leadership, mm. and that's what made it possible for Barry to uh, break uh, the the world barrier and go to her Earth. And one uh, of the greatest it, episodes of the series, if not the the best episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if they had seen the value of you know a rising tide lifts all boats. They could have used Supergirl on CBS as a way to help CW and vice versa. And it could have still been same universe and everybody wins. But. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, just like uh, maybe DC is maybe messing up with some of the TV people uh, getting involved with the DCEU. Uh, but maybe some good things can happen there. There it is. Thanks so much for being on the Pop Talk episode, Eugene. Thank you for Thanks having, for having us. And you're welcome for being on. (laughs) That was really great having them on again. I hope you enjoyed that little chat. And um, just as a little heads up, we are moving soon. So the audio might sound a little different. I don't know what it's going to be like in the new studio space. We're all going to find out together and we're all going to get through this together we have a couple of fun episodes coming up one with a old friend of mine and also a new friend i guess i had a really great chat with stand-up comedian emma arnold that will be next week's episode so i hope you check that out also don't forget to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at there it is pod and follow me as well on instagram at jason far picks and twitter at jason far jokes Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 